0: Welcome everyone to another night, Wednesday night, shiur. Welcome all Town viewers. Tonight as usual, every parashan, every time we try to make a lifelong lesson, today we're going to learn about the secret weapon. What is the secret atomic, one of the secret atomic bombs of this Yetzirah that we have? And how do we take our ability to fight against it? All right? Everybody's ready. I'll start off with a tremendous question that a lot of mafarshim ask, and that is: King David, David Melech, he has a mizmor in teilim, mizmor one hundred and five, kufhei. Now, if you look over there, you know that one. I already know where we're going. What does that speak about? Speaks about. It speaks about the makot. The, the ten plagues that happened in Egypt. And I ask you all, which plague, which number was Choshech out of all the plagues? Eight. Nine. Nine, nine also. Really? Choshech. Vakad bechorot. So it's the nine. If you were writing the Tehillim, where would you write it? You would <laughs> wait until you write it in the Nine. Now don't get me wrong, go, he goes through them. He goes through all the Makot. However, in the beginning of all the Makot, he takes mention of the makav And then he starts, down Tzfar there right? And I read you the Pasuk. It says, Shara Choshech V'Yachshich. The beginning it says, Hashem sent darkness and became dark. And they did not rebel. And then it starts. My question to all of you is why does David and start before Makadam speaking of the Makav Choshek? To answer this is very simple. Very simple. I'll ask you a follow up. During the Maka of Choshech, during the Maka of darkness, if heaven forbid, but if you heaven forbid were uh, uh, enslaved and in imagine a guy's in jail. Imagine a guy's in jail, and guess what? There's a hurricane. There's a storm, and all of a sudden, there's a blackout. And all alarms are disconnected. Yeah. And nobody can see. I ask you, you have the opportunity to run. Would you run, yes or no? Yeah. Of course. So I ask you all a question. During the Makkah of Choshech, were the Egyptians able to see? No. no. So why didn't B'nai Sael just take their belongings and run? I don't understand. You're in the darkness. You're into this. You're in the that. I do not understand. At the end of the day, how come B'nai Sale did not run out as soon as there was a blackout and the Egyptians couldn't find them? They're not going to run out. Raja run. And Everybody knew. If you look about it, every Makkah lasted about seven days, right? So they knew. Okay, now is the beginning. Okay, we have seven days. But then they actually get up and they could see We'll be seven days ahead. There's no way they could catch us. Why didn't they run? You know why? Because they had a tzivui, They had a commandment at a certain time where they were going to leave. And they had to listen to Hashem. And Moshe When Moshe had to tell B'nai Yisrael, now Hashem told us to leave, now we go. But before that, we do not go. So therefore, that zechud that they had so much emunah in, in patience, in serving Hashem, they had so much emunah in that, they said, whoa, Hashem, we're waiting until you give us the let go. The second you say, let's go, we go. If not, we're not going. Imagine, they held back, and they were patient, waiting for the call, and that's why they didn't leave in Choshech. And that's why David and starts off, which Makah? Choshech. Why Choshech? You know why? The Makkah that saved us, the Makkah that said, Hashem, look at these people. These people are so patient. These people have the, the energy and the, and the chizuk to, ha- to wait patiently until I tell them to go. This is a great nation. This is the nation that deserves to get freedom. And that was one of the schuyot that actually gave us to get out. Was that you hear that one? Now, let's continue. We see. You should know we see this also by David. I told you many, many times. David was at war with Pilishtim. And, by the way, there's a key ingredient to be king. You know what the key ingredient is? I'm going to tell you right now what's the key ingredient to be a king. If you want to be king, first of all, you have to be from David Melech. But now, once if you become from David Melech, which one will I choose? So now, let's go to the Navi. What happened with the Navi? Shmuel ha Navi. Is going to who? To David HaMelech's house. Yeshai. Who was David's father? Yeshai. David had many brothers. Right? He had many brothers. Now, if you look at the Pesukim clearly, if you look at the Pesukim clearly, who was the who was one of the brothers? The bechor was Eliav. That was what his name is. Now I'm about to tell you something right now and you'll tell me the difference. So, Shmuel sees Eliyav and he says, oh, Shmuel says, oh, he is the king. And Shmuel is about to take the Mishcha, the, oil, the anointed oil and pour it on Eliyav. Hashem says to Shmuel, he's not, he's not the guy. He's not the king. And the words of the Navi, and I quote, and I quote, it says, Don't look at his look. Don't look at his height. You see, he was a very good-looking and prestigious man. Eliav was, he had a very, very good posture, and he had a very good look. So right away, he says, this is a great one to be a king. And Hashem says, Ki astihu. Yeah, what does that mean? Guys, Israel, we have a few Israelis over here. Kee mastihu, what do those words mean? What's the shortish of the word? Moes from the word moes, because disgusting. Nimas. Right? But the words are don't look at his beauty, rather, kimastihu. Because I got disgusted from him. Now, Shuel was going to anoint a different brother of David. Happens to be David was the last brother. Each time, Shmuel saw one of the brothers of, uh, the sons of Yishai, he said, oh, there's the king, oh, there's the king. He didn't know which one was the king. So he went to all the other brothers, and on all the other brothers it says, that what? Lo This is not the one that I chose. So look, look at the question. On all the brothers, what does it say? This is not the one that I chose, but on the Av it says, "Don't pick him." Not because I didn't choose him, because I got disgusted. Kime astiu. So what's the? So if I, if I if I ask you a question, was the Av supposed to be the king? Yes or no? Yeah, you know why? All the other ones. What does it say? Hashem says I didn't choose him. I didn't choose him. I didn't choose him. On Eliyab, it says, I got disgusted. Meaning, he would have been the king, but I got disgusted. Wow. What was he disgusted about? He that, huh? And the Mefarshim explained, the Mafashim explained, really, he was supposed to be a king. He had a little bit, a little bit, a dofi, it's called, you have to know, on, on the level of Eliab. <laughs> Don't, don't get me wrong. He was uh, his, David Melech's brother. He must be a great man. You know what I'm saying? We can't think, Oh, Eliab, Hashem disgu-, he got disgusted from him. Who is Eliab? How special to say such a thing? Eliab was a great, 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 you have to say, he was from David Melech's uh, uh, brothers. He was a great, great brother of his. So he had a spitz, a little bit, of anger in him. And because he had a little bit of anger in him, he said, since you're not patient on that, you cannot be king. Is that a punishment or no? Yeah. They say it's not a punishment. It's a fact. Meaning to say, what's the difference of punishment and not a punishment? Consequence. Okay, very good. That's David said it. Very said it beautiful. It's not a punishment, it's a consequence. And I'll tell you why. Imagine you're a king and you have the power to kill anybody that you want. Now, imagine you're a king. You have the power to kill anybody you want. All of a sudden, a guy, what does he do? He sneezes, and he doesn't cover his mouth. You're the king. You know, it's annoying. I'm not sure if you know, but it's annoying when sometimes a guy, a guy's eating, and a guy says, and now you look behind you, and, and you see the guy, and he didn't see his hands. It was on his face or not. So you're not sure. Did he go like this and then pull it down? So you're thinking, oh, did he sneeze on me? Did he not sneeze on me? And you bug it out right or well, the guy uh, let's say he blew his nose you know you eat it the guy blew his nose and he puts the tissue right where you were eating come on you know what I'm saying like, I'm eating over here. like uh, I'm saying you're having your whole sandwich and the, and the sauce is leaking down you know the sandwich all of a sudden the guy go, he starts blowing his nose with the tissue oh, you know what I'm saying and he makes the whole noise with the tissue I'm eating man I'm eating you know? it kill, kills the whole uh, the whole Geschmack. it kills the whole energy of the food sandwich right and he goes, he blows his you nose, know, and he sees him he... in his video. That's You know, if you were king, you have the power and you have the ability to kill anyone, anyone who goes against you. So, what would a normal king do? Right away, go look. at Any goyish king kills you on the spot. So one of, one of. I want to say about is. You should know, if you're listening on the on Torah the time. you should know, you can't say Amen unless it's live. This is not being live. So they can say, but they can't say Amen. Sometimes they, they hear it, they don't realize. You know, they hear it on the tape, the Rabbi makes a Sha'akol, and the person that's, that's hearing says Amen. That's not, as a suit, it's a suit to do it. It's not allowed to do it. Because it he's not saying the barakah at that moment. It has to be live. If you want to answer Amen, it has to be live. All right? So this is not live. Therefore, do not answer Amen. You guys can answer, but they they're not here. Anyway. Al Everybody understands why it's a consequence. So Eliav was really supposed to be king. One of the consequences of not being king was. If you're a king, you have to have patience. That's one of the cri- criteria. You cannot... And that's what it says. <speaking in Hebrew> Anybody who gets angry, <speaking in Hebrew> even if they said in Shamaim, he's going to be a big gadol, he's going to be king, he's going to be the king of all sale, they'll take it away. <speaking in Hebrew> they'll take him down. And it makes sense. It makes very, very big sense. Imagine you have a rabbi. Imagine you have the rabbi. All of a sudden, he becomes... Uh, very impatient, no patience. This, that, that, that. You know how many things a, a rabbi has to go through with the the kahal with the congregation. If you think about it, one guy comes in, he's cold. Oh, I'm freezing. I'm freezing. Okay, so raise the heat. Another guy says, "All oh, right, I'm 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 too hot over." here all of a sudden, the next day, you call okay, you try to arrange it, you put on a time, there, that, get crazy. Everybody's coming to the rabbi. Rabbi, this, Rabbi, that. Now you have the hazan. Imagine they one guy, he's going too slow. He says, Rabbi, Rabbi, the guy's going too slow. I can't handle it, he's going too slow. Then you have the next day, the guy comes over to you. Rabbi, he's going too fast. I can't, he's going too fast. So everything, so that's when she comes. Rabbi, how come we don't have the coke? How come we don't have this? Everything. <laughs> so Rabbi, in essence, he has all these things. He can bug out. He can say, you know what? Forget it. It's crazy, buddy. It's an opposite off, you know. But he has to have the patience. If you want to deal with people, you have to know you have to have patience. Because the second you're not gonna have patience on it, what happens? People are gonna read right through you. Oh, he's the rabbi. And by the way, it's everything in life. It's not only rabbi, it's everything in life. And I'm telling you a lesson in life. If you want to deal with people, you have to have patience with people. How many times? Me personally, myself, I try to make a reva guy. I try once. I try twice. I try three times, four times, five times. And if I stopped at the sixth, seventh time, the guy would have been off. But because I pursued and I had patience with the guy, no problem. Rabbi, I'll come next week. Next week, the guy doesn't come. Rabbi, I'll come next week. So I can say I'm living. I'm giving up. No, 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 patience. Patience wins, little by little, little by little, little by little, little by little. Boom! The guy comes, the guy comes, and it's the same thing with any businessman. If a businessman has customers and he's not patient with them, he's leaving. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being you. You're, you're, you're this, you're that. Any, any customer for whatever, whatever that is. You know what? Even, even. Let's say you have a landlord and you have tenants. Same thing. You know how many complaints they have? Oh, the water doesn't flush. Okay, so you know what? So make sure, you, you lift up the, the thing behind the toilet. Just lift it up. and No, 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 you need to come, you need to come, you need to come down. And you go to the tenant, the, the, the landlord goes to the tenant, and what is it? It's just one piece. Boom, he picks it up. My toilet's clogged. You got it. Oh, hey, go, the tenant go, And the landlord goes to the tenant. What is it? It was a, a tissue that you could have took a hanger and just lifted up like that. So now, a, a, a laylord could go crazy already. Go, oh, patience. Patience. But especially when you want to be a king of Israel. If you don't have patience, you, you get angry quickly. Oh, buddy, how could you be a leader in Klaiysel? How could you be a leader in Klaiysel? Because you know what? If somebody's going to tick you off and you're going to get angry at the guy, you can kill the guy. You know, you're a king. You have the power to kill. Oh, he's bugging me out. He's ticking me off this guy. Get him out of here. Call a few guys. Get him out of here. And that's what that's, that's happened, to Shimei, that's happened to David Amelach. Two things happened to David Amelach. You know what happened? Shimi Ben Gerach cursed him. He cursed him the worst curses. Maybe five curses. He's a benzona. All these crazy curses. If you look what it says, Mamzet, crazy curses. I'm telling you, if, even if you weren't a king, you would kill him. I'm serious. And David HaMelech stops and all of his men, his soldiers, David HaMelech's soldiers are ready to attack the guy. What is David? David has patience for a minute and he says, stop, don't kill him. He's get, We're going to kill him eventually. We're going to get him. But right now, stop. He says, why? What does David say? Ki Hashem, amal lo Hashem was the one who curses. He's just a puppet. We'll get him. We'll get him killed. Of course, he, he was the shaliach of Hashem. Who said he should be the shaliach of Hashem? He chose to. He had that bechira, that free choice. It could have been somebody else. It could have been a goy. It could have been a non to curse. David was supposed, whatever it was supposed to be, but he was the shaleach. He's supposed to get to the pebble. But guess what? David was in control. So we're going to get. It. He's going to get his punishment. But right now, boom, he could have killed. Look at David. Another scenario. David is at war with Philistine. What happens? David has the most patience. Listen to this. He's at war. He asks the Urim to me, Hashem, should we fight the war? Yes or no? Am I going to win? Yes or no? He says, you win on one condition. You hide behind the, 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 the whatever, the wall. And you're going to see the trees. There's going to be a certain amount of trees. The second the top of the tree starts shaking, that's when you go fight with the pillage team. Guess what? All the Jewish people are waiting. The pillage team are coming. They're coming. They're coming. They're going closer, 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 closer. They're about, no joke, if I tell you, about 10 to 15 feet away. 20 feet away. They're so good, 20 feet, like from here to the end of the wall. The people tell David, 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 let's go fight him. What does David answer them? I have a strict ruling from Hashem that we cannot fight until the top of those branches start shaking. Says David, but we're going to die. David says, I'm sticking to my ground. He had the patience to show, I'm going to see my emunah and Hashem. No, I'd rather die and, and not go against Hashem. than what? Than fight and win. And then I won against Hashem. And what did he do? He waited. And they're right there. David sees the top finally shaking. They won and they won the war. But you know how much patience you have to have for a king? Think about it. You know how much pressure he had? All the people were telling him, let's go, let's fight them, let's fight them, let's fight them. He made everybody like, I'm not hearing you. I hear Hashem only. That takes board. And he held his his ground. He held his patience. He held his patience. Let me tell you one more point over here. Crazy point. You ready? One of the craziest sins in Kalal Yisrael was what? Everybody knows. I ask you all, I ask you all, how did we fall? How did this yet get us? Now I want to read to you what exactly happened that day. And I'll read. This is Midrash. The Midrash speaks about it. Gemara Rashi. This is a Shabbat Petit. Listen to what it says. Be'sha'a when Moshe was going to get the Torah. Now, mind you, he's getting the Torah. That means they're doing, they're engraving the Torah in Chemai. He's going to get the Lukho he's going to get the whole Torah. <laughs> he told Bnei Yisrael, you know, he's departing, we want to know, well, what's the deal? He said, <laughs> after 40 days, I'll be back, I'm going to come back. So far, beim yom, forty days later, ba satan. Of course, our good friend is Satan. Yesera, who satan? Who yesera? Who malcham Satan comes. Beirbeb et ha He turned over how the world. What did he do? Amaleh. He tells <laughs> Bnei Se'el. Moshe Rabbeinu. Where's Moshe, Rabbi? Where's Moshe? He went to Shavayim. He went to Shabbat. He told them. One of the things says, it says over here, Met he died. Moshe died. Okay, okay, buddy. Continue what you're doing. They didn't, they didn't listen to him. Until the Yetzrara showed an image. He showed an image for his bed, the, 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 like the, the mitah of Moshe Rabbeinu up in Shamayim, they saw, oh my goodness he made an illusion illusion that Moshe was dead and they say, oh my goodness, what's with Moshe? and guess what? that caused the downfall you see, the secret of the Yitzara is one word: illusion. He makes you believe that things are going to happen, things are happening, da, da da da. And we don't have any patience, and that's our downfall. I'll give you example. You could try and test me on this what I'm telling you right now. Go ask any guy who next door to them, they're doing good construction. I'm, talking about good. I'm not talking about breaking down a wall or two. I'm talking about a guy next door. He broke down his house. And now what? Uh, he's building up his house again. And his neighbor, you know what he's bugging? His neighbor is bugging out. You know what he's bugging out? Oh my goodness, what's going to be with me? He's going to, he's maybe he's going to extend over. Maybe he's going to put a window against my window. Maybe he's going to do this. Maybe he's going to do that. Maybe he's going to block my driveway. Maybe a million things that happens in the mind of a human being. And he, he, he envisions that the next door neighbor is going to do this, 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 this. And therefore, that starts bugging out. He starts calling the neighbor, by the way, uh, da, 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 uh, I'm, I'm upset because you put this, you put that. Whoa, nothing happened. But the Yetzirah puts an illusion in the person's head and he, and, he, and he makes him crazy. He makes him crazy. Same thing, sometimes a person, he gets an illusion, what's going to be? what she do? Money, I need money. I'm giving you an example. So now what's the illusion? The illusion is, oh, what's gonna be? What's gonna be? Oh, I already he starts thinking from now, and he starts thinking, oh my goodness, what's gonna be if this happens? What's gonna be if that happens? What's gonna be if that happens? So he believes that he's already in that situation before he even got married. And therefore, since he made it so an illusion in his mind, he's scared. Huh? Because of that illusion that the Yetzirah planted already in his brain, he feels that it's already happening now. Yeah, he messes around with the brain? But he doesn't know, this guy who's chatan, let's say, he doesn't know that what happens with a wife, all of a sudden, that wife will bring you like you never dreamed of. All of a sudden, the guy gets married. Where did this whole ha come from? What happened? Because, buddy, you don't know. When you get married already, you start a whole new chapter. You have extra mazal. It's a double mazal. Yeah, it's a double hit mazal. You know what I'm saying? So now you own your half a body. But now you don't know what's going to be when you get married. At the end of the day, boom, this hits, that hits. Wow, I can't believe this opened up, that opened up. Oh, Amazing. Go look at the as a, a lot of people, like the the older generations, the people who got married in the fifties, and so now the the, the the people that are fifty year olds, sixty year olds, they're not even. They, they, go ask them. They weren't thinking they're were going to get married and they're going to do what they can do. They're going to do their best they can do, and and and, and Hashem will provide. Hashem will help. It's not like they're not doing. They're doing as much as they can do. They're doing. What well, God's going to leave you to rot? You think Hashem's going to leave you to hang? Oh yeah, you got married, so you now got married. I'm going to mess you over. Now you're not going to have money. Does that make any sense? No, it makes any sense to you? So now what happens? The the eternal comes to you, to the guy, or whatever it may be, puts an illusion in his brain. Wait, 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 one second. Uh the 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 this, I have to buy that now, I have to get this now, I have to make sure, the I'm too scared right now. Stop. Because he believes that it's happening now, even though it's already in ten years from now. That's that's always like that, by the way. Because the it's uh, that was just one example to the Yetzirah about putting an illusion in our brain to feel that that's what it is. Now, that's one example. But there's millions of examples that we could provide just to understand, oh, it's an illusion, right? I remember one rabbi, he, he said once, he got up, a very Hashuv rabbi, a very, very holy rabbi, and he had, this is what he said, I remember I was in the issue when it happened. He had, he told me one night, It was like 12 o'clock at night. And there was a chocolate wrapper on top of the fridge. A a wrapper of of, of a chocolate. And he saw the the chocolate bar and he was like, should I get it, should I not get it? It started building up. You know what? If I get it, it's going to... And he illusionized that he needs it. He had to believe it so badly. The illusion is that I need it so badly. He got up. He said he he got up to the top. It was only a wrapper. All of a sudden... (laughs) He didn't even care, ah, the rapper. And all of a sudden, the the, the craving for chocolate left him. What happened? Because he was he was illusionizing. He needs it, needs it, needs it, so badly. Boom! Illusionized. You hear what I'm saying? It's an illusion. Oh, let me see this girl. Let me see, let me see. It's an illusion. It's just paint. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing. You know? But the Yetzirah says, no, 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 no. So you lose it. You have to see. No. What are you doing? Don't let the Yetzirah put in your brain an illusion that that's what it is. And that's a lot of people lack with emunah and What's the biggest lack of emunah and When the Yetzirah always plays with your brain and illusion. Kind of. Wait one second. If I have another kid, then what's going to happen? My bill is going to be like this. And the tuition... Yeah. and then, 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 then Oh, that's it. The guy says, no, sorry. Why not? Because I did... No, no, you're not understanding think of what Allah says when a person is born you, they, they have a package they have their lechem they have their bread that comes along with them what, you, what, what are you doing? what are you doing? You're, you're holding back a human being from life you're holding back Hashem that you have to bring certain Shemot into the world and you're holding back because of what? because you're illusioning something that maybe when it comes I'm not going to have that money to support. because what? the I put again an illusion and botai. That's what happened with Ha'etai They made a whole thing, Moshe died. So then they, Moshe died. So what happens all of a sudden? They all panic. Everybody panic, 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 panic. And this guy panics, so the other guy panics because that guy panics, the other guy panics. This, by the way, it's like a chain reaction, by the way. If one guy goes crazy, the other guy goes crazy. Everybody's going crazy. Like, What's going on? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Da-da-da. And guess what? Look how good Hashem is. You ready? It says, three things, by the way, now that we know that's an illusion, what do we do to fight it? What do we do to fight it? Everybody's clear? I'm going to tell you. One of the ways. It says, listen to this. Three things Hashem was doing. Listen. Be'oto davad, that same thing, that they were angering Hashem with Kivyachor, what were they doing they were they were engraving engraving what an idol Gedaegel what was Hashem doing engraving him the luchot you hear that the same they were engraving and Hashem's engraving the same exact time hello you hear that or no it's like wild thing a wild thing it's a wild thing you look further it says not only that, it was the t- same exact time when they were engraving. Hashem was engraving. Furthermore, what's the biggest sin? Avodah Zarah. Right? That's one of the biggest sins. What's the biggest Mitzvah? The Torah. So it was vice versa. Hashem had so much patience that they're doing the worst sin. And Hashem's giving the best berakah. But you see how patient that Kadosh Baruch Hu was. In a minute, in an instinct. What could he have done Hashem? What could he have done? In an instant, in that moment, he could say, Forget all these Jews. He didn't do that. He had patience. And there was a back and forth with Moshe and Hashem, back and forth, back and forth. But he had patience. Just wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. Hakadaj Bahu at the time of sin, he can make a guy, imagine a guy is looking at something he's not supposed to look at. Imagine Hashem giving him vision. He can make him blind on the spot. Blind on the spot. You look at something you're not supposed to look at, boom. But what is does Hashem? Hashem, does so much crazy? He says, this guy is going against me, and I'm still giving him his vision. Imagine. Could you imagine? Imagine a guy, you imagine a guy, you give him your own hammer, and he starts taking your hand, and he starts hammering you with, his own, with your own hammer, going boom, 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 What would you do? Kill him, you take my hammer, I take my hammer, I hit him in the head. I give you eyes, you take my eyes, and you, you, you're hitting me with my, my own eyes that I gave you. Crazy? Hashem has patience. It says, meaning to say, this guy, but, but look, how, look how good God is. Think about it. Any other king, you die on the spot. No, die on the spot. It's crazy. But of course we have to make we have to make sure this illusion in our brain doesn't hit us too much. And I'll tell you an idea for this. You ready? Let me tell you something about Shiduchim with Rav Shach. You ready? Everybody's ready for this? Like this. There was a lady. She came to the rabbi. And she was a Litvak. She was a different type of, you know. She was Litvak, and she was going out with a chosid Now, in the beginning, she took the shidduch. Chassid Litvak. Yeah, you know, maybe it works. And she went ahead, and she was an older girl. And she said, you know what? This chassid, he's not for me. But I'm not going to just dump him like this. I'm going to go to Rav Shach. And I'm going to see what the rabbi has to tell me. I want to see what the rabbi has to tell me. He goes ahead. And she tells the rabbi, Rabbi. And I'm going out this chassid. What do you think? And the Rav Shach said to her, true story. Rav Shach said to her, I see the whole situation where it's going. I'll give you the psak on this one, he said. You can let him go. She said, good, Rabbi, because that's what I was going to do. I was planning to do that. I was going to dump him. He says, but do me one favor. Don't dump him until Mutzay Shabbat. Don't tell him now until... Saturday night, Rabbi. I can do it now. What's the problem? I call him up. I tell him this now. <laughs> tell the shadchan, shadchan. He's not for me. Done. Wait till Saturday night. And it was like a Wednesday night. She waited for about four days. True story. She waited about four days. By Shabbat, she started double thinking it. She says, "You know what? This guy really is a good guy." This guy really is a good guy. I'm going to continue with him. She was a good guy. He went to Rav Of course, Rav Shach said, okay, if you feel that, you could continue with him. You know? And Mazaltov. True story. What happens? That little patience. Wait a little bit. Have patience. And you'll see what you'll... A lot of people, they start anything in life. Businesses, anything like that. They're impatient. And guess what? They get depressed right away. <coughs> Oh, I'm in business for a year, two years. It's not hitting. It's not flying. It's not this. It's not that. I'm out. And he throws in the towel. Patience, rabbotai. Patience. Continue what you're doing. Continue what you're doing. Continue on. You have a yeshiva bacher. You have a yeshiva bacher. He starts in the journey of knowing shas, and he goes, and it's taking him so long. After five years, he knows, but he wanted to finish much more than he wanted. Patience, and you'll finish pezat Hashem, little by little, little by little, little by little, you'll finish the whole shas. But he doesn't have faith. Oh, I'm out. Yeshiva's not for me. I'm out. Why is he shooting enough for you? Because I've, I've, been, I've, been, I've been. What happened? What happened? Because he wasn't patient enough to understand the successful... Of course, you have to be aggressive and you have to be a hustler also. So the guy's sitting down on the, on the couch, on am I The rabbi said, be patient. So now what happened? Sunday, he's not hustling. Monday, he's not hustling. Monday, he goes to work at 11.30. And the next day, he goes, 11. This time, should I go to work today? Should I not go to work today? And then he said, listen. The rabbi said, I'm patient. I'm patient. Two, three, five years, I'm in this and I'm not... Yeah, because you also have to be a hustler at the same time. You have to hustle, you have to work hard. Not to sit back and relax and no, have patience. It doesn't work like that. You gotta work, you gotta do your thing. You gotta do your do. But what? Patience. You have to remember that in life and anything you're doing. I told you a very, very famous story. I said it here. Amazing story. About this rabbi, how he had an anger hat. Now, what is this anger hat? You got a big hat. Anger hat, it says put it on, angry. When you want to get angry, put it on and then go crazy. But when the hat's not on, I don't go crazy. When the hat's on, I go crazy. Imagine that. <laughs> True story. The rabbi had an angry hat. Imagine he had a hat, angry. Okay, let me tell you about this hat. I don't know if it was a black hat, I don't know, but at the end of the day, it was the hat, the anger hat. Anyway, he goes like this and one time, his daughter got him very ticked off. And he was about to fume. About to fume, about to go crazy. And he said, wait, I'm going to get angry at you one second. I got to go with my anger hat. And the rabbi would put his anger hat very, very high up. So the only way he could get it is go to the basement, get a ladder, go on the ladder, pick it up, and then put it on. He said 99.999 of those times... His anger let loose by the time he actually got the hat. You understand? You understand? Patience. He can bug out. He can go crazy. I'll do it in 10 minutes. I'll do it but in an hour. I'll do it in two hours. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it three days. So ready, held back. The anger just... Got that by the way. It's a very uh, I't know how the hive did that hime huh? <laughs> It's a big big in the end, big in the end. but this takes work. this takes work. Let me just say one more point and we'll, we'll, we'll stop here but this is amazing. okay you ready boys? you ready for one more? Like that okay, want to go go on we'll go on. <laughs> I'll tell you three pointers. what does A say with the Hetagel? You know what he says? the Pasuk says, Chag la Hashem. will make a holiday for the God that you want to make too. What is, the, what is the next word? Machar. Tomorrow. You know why he said that? Because he was having patience with the people. If you just say, no, we're not doing it, we're not doing it. No, we want to do it. Now I'll do it. Tomorrow. So now, oh. So Moshe, Adon was saying, hopefully by tomorrow, what's going to be? What's going to be? Moshe will come down. So what did he say? Have patience. But they wanted it now. He had patience. You get it tomorrow, so they've, that's why Aaron said tomorrow because he wanted to have the patience. Look at the story of Korach. What does Moshe say, say to Korach? They're having a, a duo, right? Him and Korach. You know what? You know what he says. Moshe tells Korach, what did he say? Boker Veyoda Hashem Tomorrow they were making korban ketoret. Everybody knows they were making a korban of a ketoret. They wanted to see who's going to win. There's that. So what did he say? Korach said. Moshe told Korach. And his whole entourage. Tomorrow morning, will will. We'll, why, why? Why? Why can it be now? You know why? One of the reason is because they bring down. They say the Orach Haim Hakadosh says that he wanted to give the people Kolach and his whole thing the night to think about it. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted Moshe wanted Kolach and his whole entourage. They could have they could have made a duel right now. So he was right? Says, Moshe says, listen, tomorrow we'll decide, but tonight we're not we're not we're not doing it. Meaning what? Sleep on it. Sleep on it. Moshe says Moshe was banking on the fact that maybe the next day people will have that time to think, to think, to think. And then yeah? To hold back. Furthermore, you look by the Khitamira what does it say? Everybody knows the Meraglim went to Israel. They came back. They're speaking about the land of Israel. And what does it say? All the nation cried. What is the next? What are the next words in the pasuk say? That night, you know what the punishment was. What happened? Why are you crying that moment? Sleep on it. Have some patience. Think it over. Uh, boom. You understand what I'm trying to say? hold back. Sometimes you gotta hold back. Sometimes you gotta have patience. Wait a little bit. Hold on a little bit and things will work out. Things will work out. Sometimes in life, in life a person's waiting. Oh, why did this happen? Oh, I'm bu- uh, what happened? The guy says, oh, why is this happening? He takes off his elbow, oh, Rabbi, I'm not coming back. What are you crazy? What am I? Shugan? Are you nuts? No, Rabbi, I'm out. I'm out. I'm, I'm done. What are you done? Have patience. Meanwhile, that thing that happened to this guy was the best thing that happened to him. I know, true story. The best thing that happened to him was this, this thing that happened. You know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you. This guy, this guy, what <laughs> happened? This guy, he was, he came back to religion. He came back to religion. He had money. But guess what? He lost his money. He lost his money. He came back. Imagine, you know what a test that is. You, uh, what does the guy say? Oh yeah, What He lost his money. Guess what? The biggest berachah that he lost. You know what happened after that? Listen, what happened? After that, after that, he, he went, as he was in his religion, he started himself, he's like, no, I'm going back. And he was very good friends with the head DJs of Abiz, all these crazy places that you can imagine, and owners of the, these hotels. He knew them personally on a personal level where he gives them one call. I told him, now nah, Baruch Hashem is on the derech. I told him, it was the biggest, Achai, money. you know why? Because those times where you were fighting with the religion to get on, to get off, to get on, to get off, in one second, you, if you had money, you would have took a flight right out. But God took away all that money, you know why? So you can't take a flight out. Otherwise you would be out of here. But Baruch Hashem is back on. Baruch Hashem is on, straight, minyan every day, prayers every day, learning every, every, every day, Crazy turnover. But I said in that moment, you got religious, right? But at that moment you were still hanging on the bar. And if Hashem didn't take away your money, you know what you would have done? A little bit? Oh, you're not in the mood tonight? You would have flew back to be the all these crazy hotels and partied your brains out. Am I right or not? He tells me right about you're percent right. I would. I would have. Said the luckiest thing. You have patience. You wait a little bit and you'll see why. I let me tell you another true story that happened in our shul. Listen to what happened. We're sitting down and I think Teddy was there with me. We were sitting down on the table. And one guy, he's in his 50s. He comes, he joins the Shi'ur. And guess what he says? He stops the class. We don't usually do that. Right? We're learning. We don't stop in the middle. Stops the class. And he said, Rabbi, I have to interrupt. I have to tell you a story. So we're learning. Please, Rabbi, I beg you. So we're learning. Bye. Okay, bechavod. it's probably fast if he says a story, then I go back and forth with him and fight. So bechavod, say. This is what he says. He says publicly, publicly, and I'll, maybe I'll tell my brother Alba the name of this person after my brother Alba because he knows this person well. He said that the luckiest thing that happened, it should never happen to any of us. The luckiest thing that happened to him was that he got and the machala. He got the mahala. Cancer. And and he said, we didn't even know that. And he said, this is what he said. He says, and he said, I'm the happiest guy, he says. He says, why? He said, because, listen to this. Before he got the mahalla, he owed out a lot of people. And he got threats. Death. D-E-A-T-H. Death <laughs> threats. That if he doesn't pay, he's dead. He's dead and guess what, he was petrified, he didn't know what to do, all of a sudden, get, he got, they found out that he had machala, and then all the people who, who, was, who was giving him the death threats, all of a sudden stopped, they felt bad, oh Hazit, the guy is sick, Maskeen, ay, ay, ay. how can we do it to a sick guy, and this, and that, and that, and that. He said, publicly, you should know, Baruch Hashem, he got out of the sickness. Baruch Hashem, he got out of the sickness, but at the time, he would have been dead, and now, whatever, he's out of the country. But at the end of the day, true story. True, I'm telling you, true, I story. I'm telling you, a man, true story. He said, he would have been dead. He said, he would have been dead, he said. He said, because he got that, because he got that, the people had mercy on him, and they didn't touch him. And Boch Hashem, of course, now, whatever it may be, he's healthier, and he's healthy, and he got saved. Now what? A nutcase, case, a guy who has no emunah, throw down the yarmulke, go crazy, this, 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 because he doesn't have patience. Shwayyeh, shwayyeh, shway, shway. A guy has all girls, he wants a boy. He has all girls, he wants a baby boy. Please, Hashem, oh, another girl, another this, another that. Patience, patience, patience. The boy is going to come. The boy is, he's bugging out. Relax. Hashem knows exactly what he's doing. There was a story with Rav Shalom Arush. I don't know if you guys heard the story of Rav Shalom Arush. This, this couple couldn't have kids for 10 years. 10 years they couldn't have kids. And, and the girl was bugging out. She was going crazy. She went to Rav Shalom Arush. said, Rabbi, what should I do? She, he says, I, if I tell you, you're going to do it, but you're not going to be happy. Tell me, I'll do anything. He said, I'm going to tell you, but you're not going to be happy. When I tell you, you're not going to be happy. He says, tell me, tell me, please. You know what he says? Go home and thank Hashem that for 10 years So are you? she thanked Hashem I accept Hashem and that's when she had a child 9 months later. Wow. Sometimes the guy's having another girl and he wants a boy right? He wants a boy. Thank Hashem so much that he had another girl? You so happy with that? Next one's going to be a boy. The guy has all boys. He wants a girl oh, still a hot boy? One girl. You, I'm, I'm not, not guaranteeing Now they're going to look at me and something and say, all right, they're going to call me up. How about you guarantee? <laughs> not giving no guarantees. I'm saying it's a good idea. You know what I'm saying? Bottom line is, that's what it is, it's patience. And with that, and with this, I'll conclude with the awesome story of Rav Shaftai Frankel. And this, you should remember for a lifetime, this is a true story. I'm going to conclude with this. And that is, anybody here of Rav Shafdai Frankl, there's something called the Ram, the Frankel Rambam. What's the Frankel Rambam? Now this story is documented. I heard it from my Rebbe. I heard it. It's, a, it's not too long ago. It's a few years ago. It's not uh, hard to trace. And that was, he was obsessed with... The script, the right script of the Rambam. And he went around the world finding different manuscripts of the Rambam's Ketav Yad, of the original, original, original Rambam's writing. You know how much that could cost? It goes a lot of money. Let me tell you, a lot of money. And guess what? towards the end of his life, about 80 years old, in the 80s, he found out that in Cairo, Egypt, in the treasure house of Cairo, Egypt, they had another manuscript of the Rambam, and he had connections to get it, and this and then that, they wouldn't have to let it eat out of Egypt, they wouldn't sell it, unless it was the guy would pay $750,000. True story documented. $750,000. Now it would probably be $2 million, $3 million, right? Now that our currency would be $2 million a few years ago. 12, 15 years ago, whatever it may be. 20 years ago. Imagine paying $2 million, about $750,000. He's the happiest guy now. He goes to Cairo. He grabs the... And he's sitting down sitting down and his helper his helper comes in and they say he tells the says by the way we got it shabby frank says we got it we fought this is my life dream and we got it guess what happened this helper spilled his coffee the helper was drinking coffee and as the helper was drinking, he spilled on the Rambam's manuscript. You have to understand, it was old. We're talking about at least 500 years ago. Old, and the paper This broke, disintegrated. I'm saying a whole pamphlet disintegrated. Of Shavtai Frankel Rav Shabtai got up, went to the next room over, He took a cup of coffee. He went to his helper, and he gave him the cup of coffee. He said, you dropped your coffee. Here you go. He's looking, and he's saying, are you serious? He said, what am I getting angry about? It's gone. At least let me help you. This is a man. This is a rabbi. This is a malach. This is an angel that was working on his anger. He had patience. He didn't bug out. He didn't go crazy. Us, we blow a fume. One guy touched us with his left toe in the back. Yo, whoa, what are you standing on my foot for, man? I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry, bro. He did a a million dollar project in the grain in one second. You know why? His lifetime, he was working on himself. I'm not going to get angry. I'll get angry in 10 minutes. Do that. Next time you're about to go, noon. Next time you're about to go, get angry. But what? Wait five minutes and wait on your clock. I guarantee you the anger, even if you will get angry, you should know it'll be much, much, much lighter. Your effect will never be the same. Sometimes when a guy bugs oh, bro, da, 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 da. Legit, wait. If you can't wait five minutes, no problem. Wait a minute and a half. Trust me on this. Wait a minute and a half and then bug out. Then bug out. No problem, on me. You'll see automatically, you'll see automatically things are diffusing. Things are diffusing. And besides that, it's not even good for the health. It's not Healthy-wise, it's not good for the health. You want to maintain your health. You want to live long. You want to have a good relationship with people. Guess what? The Torah is telling you, patience, because if the people would have waited one more day for Moshe Rabbeinu to come, there would be no There would be no And therefore every illusion that we have, break it and say, you know what? Patience. A little bit later. I'll postpone it. And like that, we'll defend ourselves from the